Welcome everyone to the Ken Hill Podcast. I'm Ken Hill. My goal with the podcast is to share the techniques and habits of what the best motorcycle riders in the world do to thrive and survive in a sport that has consequences. Using my 20 plus years of riding and training at the highest levels, I want to make these techniques and habits accessible to every rider in the world. The podcast structure is deliberate. I don't have sponsors. The duration relative to many other podcasts is short, making it simple to listen multiple times, and I only release a new podcast when I feel I have something to share. I'm not cranking out podcasts because my sponsors say I need to. You listeners are my sponsors, and I appreciate the donations, which can be made via the podcast page on my website, khcoaching.com. And now, here's today's episode. Welcome to the Ken Hill Podcast. This is Ken Hill. It has been a while. It's a lot of housekeeping to go over, so we're just we're just gonna dive right into it. Uh, 2023, and I could easily spend hours talking about what's happened in 2023, so I'm gonna try to keep it to the highlights. And uh, there's actually quite a th- quite a bit of things in 2023 that we're going to be using for for content uh, for next year. So I'll I'll skim over some of it, um, but we'll we'll kind of go into a few things. And the big one for 2023 is is our Moto America season, and we had a great Moto America season. Um, actually, I, I would say we had a good Moto America season. Uh, we met some goals and didn't meet other goals. And that has motivated me and motivated the team to take a step back, think about what we're doing, and what are the next steps to to get us to meet our goals. And so, yeah, we had, we had some amazing performances, smashed, smashed, you know, PBs. Matter of fact, I think we were faster at every single track this year. We were we were faster, uh, except um, Pittsburgh with a different chicane. And uh, Jersey because we didn't we didn't get uh, uh, we didn't get dry time there, so yeah I mean that was a great goal but but the overall performance just wasn't where where we wanted it to be um, so got some new goals for um, 2024 and some new equipment that we'll go into uh, next is for the people that have, that have been on here um, I've owned a track day company or partnered in a track day company uh, for quite a few years. And I sold my half uh, to my partner. And there was a few reasons why this, this happened, but the main reason is I, I want you know, more time to myself. Uh, I want more time uh, for my next steps. I'm not, um, I'm not getting better. And I need to step away from some things. So it's funny. The more I say no, um, the, the busier I seem to get. And I just have got to draw a line in the sand with some things. And that's one of them. Um, yeah, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, great people um, on, you know, with, with the clients. That, that part of it was wonderful. But, um, yeah, I've just got to step back and think about what it's going to take for me to improve. And, that also goes to the next thing, which is the Blaze online um, coaching platform. I've been with Blaze for four or five years now and been working with Dion, and I love the platform. I think it's fantastic to have access to professional coaching like that at a reasonable price. 
I think Dion's doing a great job. The the thing for me was is it wasn't a good return on my time. I was I was very busy with with reviews, which is great. Um, but for me to do three or four reviews was taking me a day or day and a half to do. And it just, it was just a tougher turn of my, on my time. So I'll still be collaborating with, with Blaze on some things. And I think their program's fantastic. Uh, and then I've also, um, queued up one of my instructors, uh, Phil Horowitz to, to take my place there. So Phil's, Phil's kind of filling in for me, filling in for me there. Uh, car stuff has also been busy, um, done some time attacks this year doing done a lot more driving a lot more um right seat driving and then the car stuff has also gone super well um a few things with my health um wear sunscreen <laughs> i ended up having um some skin cancer actually on my lip i had to have like a quarter of my lip removed and that's dealt with and some other small health things um, also had a knee replacement, which I'm actually recording this uh, about five or six days into uh, my my post-op uh, recovery. So yeah, take care of your health, and that's what I'm trying to do do as well. So yeah, next steps. Next steps are um, for the people that again are are on top of what I do uh, is I wanted a home to put all of my stuff. And what I mean by that is my YouTube and my podcasts and a home for everything. And yes, there'll still be podcasts like this one that'll be separate, but I found that, uh, that place and that place is Substack. And so what I've done is, is I'm putting all of my content in Substack. So there'll be written material, there'll be videos, there'll be podcasts and everything will be in one place. And it's a subscription model if you want uh, it's also free. There's a ton of free content there. Um, if you do want to go to this, uh, the the paid route, it's cheap. It's like eight bucks a month, right? It's it's not that expensive. And that goes a long way in helping some support me do the things that I want to do to to get to my next steps, which ultimately hopefully make you make you better on uh, on track. So check out my Substack. You can just go to my. It's you can go to Ken Hill Substack, or you can go to just my website, khcoaching.com. And it'll take you right to my Substack. So check it out. You don't have to sign up. Um, if you don't, you don't, you have to sign up if you don't want. You can sign up for the free version. Great. You want to pay? Great. Doesn't matter to me. Um, but that's where I'm going to be spending a lot of my time on the next steps, and that's going to lead me to the project that I really want to be doing uh, in the next year or so is writing a book. So um, book project is in the works, and part of this is getting me started on on that journey. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Podcast 95. And uh, this podcast actually wasn't uh, in the queue. And it became in the queue as uh, actually uh, Dustin Coiner. I've been doing those track days, YouTube uh, videos with him. They've been super fun. And we've had a couple of people ask about, hey, I'm thinking about quitting the sport. You know, I'm not motivated anymore. You know, what do you, what do you suggest? What do you do? And I've spent the last month or two since those those um, questions and been thinking about it and writing them down, and that's really what this podcast is about. So we've got a deep dive on, so you want to quit. And thinking about what motorsports is all about, you know, what what being really good, really good 
does for you on track and off the track. And really what it boils down to is having excellence in motion. How you do anything is how you do everything. And that's what motorsports is about, is doing something really hard. And that thing has consequences. So if you're not doing the right things, you're not doing the right processes, it's going to hurt you. So if you can if you can succeed on your on track life, I can guarantee you're going to succeed in your off track life. You, there, there's almost no way that you that you can't, uh, because at the sharp end, there really is only one way you, to do things. So, uh, yeah. So so you want to quit? It's pretty in depth. Um, I hope you I hope you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot to uh, to unpack there. So you want to quit. I've been on track for over 30 years now. And in, in, in all that time, only once have I wanted to quit, quit. Sure, there have been plenty of times I've questioned, you know, what the hell am I doing? And if this is all worth the sacrifices of time and money and relationships and not to mention the the mental and physical wear and tear, and uh, yeah, ironically, I'm I'm um, recording this uh, while I'm covering from total knee replacement, so I get it. And all of us are different, you know. E- each of us have different goals, life situations, and individually, we must you know we we need to weigh whether the sacrifice of this are are worth it. In my case, the fortitude it takes to spend what is now half my life doing this has required a constant loop of reflection and self-awareness. Why am I doing this? What are my goals? How am I doing? So I want to start off with a little bit of a story. And the story is the time that I was done. And what happened afterwards was was what essentially kept me in the game. So Sonoma Raceway 2008, I believe. Uh, I'd been doing one-on-one coaching as a full-time job for a couple of years. I was working with uh, a very quick client. And it was a, a Friday uh, race practice for AFM. We were working on you know, his riding technique and also doing some bike setup. And we were both riding identical Ducati 749 RSs, and they had 853 kits, which was, it, they were uh, eligible, I think, for the, um, the Formula Extreme class back then. And they were, they were basically mini, mini super bikes, and they were just completely amazing bikes when they were, you know, locked and loaded in that, that super narrow setup window, but they were not very much fun. Uh, when the setup was off or one of the uh, trick unobtainable, you know, one-off pieces broke, which was quite, quite often. During one of the practice sessions, we were doing a lead follow. I was leading and then and the pace was, the pace was quick, right? Um, we're getting top, top person, you know, top person at, um, at the club level. And we're at Sonoma, turn five, coming out of five. And five is a sweeping turn, blind, slightly downhill, taken in fourth gear, um, and it leads to a rise for the completely blind entry of turn six. And turn six at Sonoma is the carousel, and it's a historic turn. 
it may not be quite up to Laguna corkscrew fame, but it's 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 pretty close. It's it's a diabolical turn over 200 degrees radius, and it 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 plunges 60 feet downhill. It's totally blind entry, totally blind exit, and there's there's no runoff. Coming out of five, I had a good run. I had planned to roll off the throttle, apply the brakes at the top of the rise, which is as, kind of as long as you can do it because if you hold the throttle over the rise, the bike gets light and um, uh, gets gets really out of shape. So <clears throat> my plan was to apply the brakes at the top of the rise. As I set up on the brakes, the throttle stuck wide open. And it was a mechanical issue. There was a problem with the quick turn throttle and basically, yeah, the throttle got stuck wide open. Not good. And suddenly I had some issues to contend with in a very short amount of time. And yeah, the most obvious was that I was traveling well over 100 miles an hour. Uh, There was a wall 60 feet off the track. And when I sat up to apply the brakes, my hands had come off the bars. You know, when you sit up on the brakes, you sort of loosen your grip to reposition your hands for braking. And I'd expected the bike to slow down not to continue rocketing forward in her full throttle. So my hands had basically come off the bars. And at this point, it was was more than an oh shit moment. And I figured I had about a second, a second and a half before basically getting in off the track. And then I was basically going to die um, when I hit this this wall uh, on the outside of six. So there's no time to get back on the bars, pull in the clutch, hit the kill switch, and slow down. And if I could actually get back to that, it would more than likely be in the dirt. And yeah, there's just there's just no time. So I did what no rider ever wants to do. I placed both hands on the gas tank and pushed off. Uh, yeah, basically the equivalent of uh, the motorcycle eject button. I landed square in my butt, and weirdly enough, the only injury I had was um, a hole uh, down to my down to the bone in my elbow, where the because of how I landed, it was I landed to my arm, got on the stretch panel, and not the letter, uh, not the leathers, and yeah, the bike was uh, the bike was a write off, and walking back to the pits. I mean, that was a pretty overwhelming emotion of being that close to death. That was not that was not good. And it took the next 24 hours to really reflect and and internalize like what the what the F am I doing? I mean, that was there's times where you might, you know, low side or you might have an issue or or something is a problem. But this was as close as I'd ever come to um, something that this catastrophic so after I had thought about it, even with that, I didn't quit. I, I mean, that was my initial reaction is I didn't quit. So why? Why didn't I quit? And those emotions were extreme. And those extreme emotions led to some pretty extreme introspection. What am I doing? What are my goals? Am I on a path to meet those goals? If I quit, will I be whole with myself? And my innate nature is to be curious. I want to be figuring things out and I want you know, to be able to have, to be able to improve myself and improve the things uh, for the people around me. 
And what I distilled it down to was motorsports had introduced me to challenges, people, and processes that I would never, never have experienced if I was doing something else. I mean, this is this is literally a once in a, a shot life, once in a lifetime shot to be around the, the people and the processes that I, I wouldn't get anywhere else. And so there was three things that that became very key and very clear uh, during this. And the first one is motorsports has consequences, potentially fatal. And that means the decision and processes you make have to be at the very highest levels to be able to mitigate those consequences. And this is on and off the track. You you have your life, and many times you have other people's lives at stake. And really what this boils down to is how you do anything is how you do everything. And by living your motorsports life to the highest level and thinking about those consequences in in your everyday life, it it, will completely spill over. And yeah, ultimately it, it, it'll improve it. Second one is the people, the people I've surrounded myself with, basically my advisory board, I met and would have only met through motorsports, Top Gun pilots, Ivy League professors, special force trainers, my core group of completely badass instructors and my trusted sources. These these are the people helping me, and I owe them a massive debt of thanks. And these are the people that are that are selfless in helping me, and they're selfless in helping the others around them. I'm I'm pushed to be better and to not accept mediocrity in a sport where everything matters. Because of this group, I've truly experienced how knowledge compounds. Where having like-minded people together and pushing each other really does expand what you're doing. And of course, these people being selfless, their only goal is to help you improve. There's no other agenda. And again, being able to have met these people with what they do, I I never would have had that opportunity um, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for motorcycles. so yeah, very very blessed to 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 have that. And then the third one is there's more to the sport than trying to haul ass all the time. Trying to haul ass all the time simply isn't sustainable. And instead, it's it's embracing the pathway to hauling ass, uh, not only with your on track techniques, but what you're doing off the track, and the process of getting good and. That process is is mastery, and this is really where we spend most of our time, and and the place where real improvement comes from, being disciplined and consistently putting your reps in, embracing that that embracing this idea, embracing this this idea of getting good, this idea of working the process, also has another huge benefit. And that is safety, right? So you've got time, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Uh, You've got time to be able to work on the best processes and habits. 
And yeah, I get it. The best in the world are trying to go as fast as they can, but they also understand that by working on the fundamentals and making the fundamentals better, they're also mitigating risk. So quick, a quick sidebar to this. With all of these people that I just mentioned and the things they've done, which they've done just at crazy high levels, riding motorcycles is, is without question the hardest thing that they've ever done. So with all their other successes in life, riding, driving brings them the most personal satisfaction. So yeah, this is, this is a big deal. And it, it also lets you know that this, yeah, this, this isn't easy. This is hard. So if you can succeed in this and do well in this, then you're doing pretty darn good. Okay. So what can you do about this? What can you do about it? You're, you're in this, you're in this limbo. What can you do about it? And the first one is establish some goals. When we first get into the sport, we're, we're so, we're so jacked. It's fun. We're improving and figuring out the bikes and the gear and all these new things is completely intoxicating. Many times when we start, we don't have a goal, but it's really just to have fun. And if, if you don't have a direction, you'll end up getting derailed. And obviously that can be a major, a major problem. And I'm not saying at the beginning you need to have these crazy finite goals, but rather some sort of direction. I want to go race. Um, I want to make the jump from C group to B group. Um, I want to be an instructor in four years, whatever, whatever it might be. I want to be a, um, a crew chief. So creating long-term and short-term goals that get you pointed somewhere it makes a huge difference. And this answers that question of what am I doing and, and why? Next one. The more I know, the less I know. And I'll tell you, it's funny, having been in the sport for, for quite a while now, it, it does seem like, okay, I should have some things figured out. And there are some things I've got figured out. But the deeper that I get into some things, um, yeah, I, the less I know. And what this, what this does, though, is we, we want you to be curious. We want you to ask questions. I've, I've had hundreds of writers tell me that they were thinking about quitting because they thought they were as good as they were going to get. And I just think that's crazy. I believe anyone can meet their goals with the right mindset and having the right people around you with the, the right focus plans and processes. And it's not just about on track, right? This spills over into the off track uh, part of the sport. It's setup, it's electronics, it's data, it's maintenance, it's it's part of being someone else's team. So another thing you can talk, think about is ask yourself, what are you what are you curious about? All right, let's talk about slowing down. If you want to have fun, slow down. Racers. <laughs> You know, racers, I, I know this, this isn't something you, you typically want to hear. And um, honestly, racing typically isn't very fun. Yeah, okay, at first, of course it is, right? You're improving, you're making passes. Maybe you're even getting on the podium here and there. And racing is fun when you're improving and winning. 
what's not fun when you stop improving or you stop seeing a way forward, which you end up on a, a plateau. That's not fun. So what do we do when that happens? Ah, <laughs> we've all been there. We try harder, uh, which which almost always makes it worse. And yeah, I know what you're thinking. I, I want a better lot of time. I don't want to slow down. When I say slow down, I'm talking about slowing down your brain, giving yourself more time to process information so you can make more informed decisions which leads to quicker lap times. So let's let's linger here and let's um, let's break this down a little bit more. Give yourself permission to be on track at a pace where you can control your inputs. And it, it's proactive versus reactive. Proactive is having the time to put your plan into play and choose the inputs you want to execute. Reactive is not having the time available and you default to the highest level of your training. Reactive isn't really fun. It's it's exhausting and honestly, it's frustrating. So give yourself permission to ride or train at a pace that allows you to be able to control what you want to be able to execute. Ride or drive something slower. The absolute best times I've had on track have been on near stock Ninja 400s or SV650s. I mean, just the absolute best. You're able to get the most out of the bike. You're able to get the most out of yourself. And the reason you're able to get the most out of yourself is because the bike is limited. So you have to figure out different things to make the bike work. So you end up getting the best out of yourself. And the nice thing is, is that you have the time in your head and something slower to try something different, where if you were on something that was crazy fast, you, you, you wouldn't be. And this is actually where progress comes from. You can put your reps in, you can try different things in different corners, and you have the time and you get the feedback from something that's limits or lower to be able to do that. You're not hanging on for dear life on your leader bike and where, where all of your brain space is taken up, literally just trying to survive. Work on one thing at a time. If you want a hundred percent, hundred percent result from something, it needs to be the only thing you work on. Trying to work on four things at once is just a complete exercise in frustration, and you'll feel like you're not making any improvement. It we. This is something that we that we see a lot, and it's something that um, you'll make your life a lot simpler by, for instance, dedicating the day to go working on exits or brake pressure, whatever it might be, references. One thing at a time, if you want 100% result. Try something different. Get on an XR100 on a dirt track. Get on a, get on a skid pad in a car. Go-karts. Um, even a small you know, CC bike on a go-kart track. Mix it up where you can take the time to think about doing something different, right? So you could you have to think about taking your skills and placing them somewhere else. And this is this is uh, so much fun. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. Uh, and you're gonna you're be able to discover some things about um, motorcycles or cars that you may not have done before. All right. 
get some coaching or take a school. And where this starts is get evaluated for what is holding you back. Many times what you think is the issue isn't. Having a professional involved in your program is for sure the best dollar per lap spent on figuring out what your next steps need to be. A coach doesn't necessarily have the answer that day, but what they do have is a process for getting that answer and getting your next steps going. Stop working on your bike so much. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> this is the this is the you know trying to separate the gearhead from the rider or or separating the crew chief <laughs> from the rider, and you know honestly buying bark buying parts and working on your bike is is fun, but is it helping you or is it holding you back? If you have an expectation that the new shock you bought is going to make you a better rider, but you're braking 300 feet too early, completely false economy. I've witnessed far too many people modifying their bikes only to get frustrated that they went slower than when it wasn't modified. And for the people that know me, they know how well you can go on stock bikes uh, and how much, how much enjoyment you can get out of them. Have positive reinforcements. You get a friend network going where you can play off each other's strengths and weaknesses. Verbalize what's holding you back and what you are thinking about doing to correct it. A good friend will objectively want to help you as that will also raise their game. Yeah, this is this is another huge one. Uh, and we, we talked about it a little bit before and it's why I have my advisory board and these are people that I can run ideas by or they can run ideas to me and we don't take any of these things personally. Instead, we look at them as what is it going to take to get better? That's it. We don't care. We just want to get better. And this is just a great way to great way to be able to do that. And the other point of it too is when you when you give somebody what your goals are or what your plan is and you verbalize it to them or to your group, you're holding yourself accountable to it because uh, they're going to hold you. If they do their job right, they're going to hold you accountable uh, as well. All right, last one. This is one, um, yeah, this is one that I think is pretty darn important. And it, it kind of it goes back to a little bit, loops a little bit back with goals, but... What is your point of reference? When we jump into something new, everything's fresh and many times it's fun because there is no set point of reference. Then lap times, competition, right? They set in and boom, everything changes. Suddenly you're comparing yourself to others, listening to others talk about what is right for them and what they think is right for you. And now you're worrying about equipment, what suspension settings you have, what are their lap times, you know, what are the people's lap times are, oh, dude, what tires are you on? And it becomes a nonstop internal negotiation with yourself. So think about and potentially redefine your point of reference for success. Stop looking at lap times. Forget fear of missing out. Listen to yourself and come back to what makes you happy. Think about having different points of references. I, I mean, I want a great lap time. Of course I do. Well, 
my, I'm, I know the lap time comes at the end of the lap. So I'm going to have a reference of a better slow point of the corner, a better exit. Um, how much brake pressure do I have a turn in, et cetera, et cetera. So if we only use a, for instance, a lap time as a point of reference, it doesn't tell you how you get there. So think about what your point of reference is, uh, and that'll go a long way. So still want to quit? Think, think about this backwards. Not just about what motorsports does for you, but what if you what if you didn't have motorsports in your life? <laughs> Regardless if you're in it a hundred days a year or just one, your life on and off the track will be enriched just being a part of it, part of the process and part of the process of getting good. So take some time thinking about amazing sport we have what makes you happy being part of it. Ken Hill Podcast, 2021, all rights reserved.